You're listening to the Tenuto Podcast, presented by 4th Street Records. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, and here we go! Welcome back to another episode of the Tenuto Podcast, where we are finding our full value as music educators by listening to interviews with some of the best music teachers in the country. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, taking you along on my journey. I am a first-year middle school band director out of Penn State University, and I have a deep admiration for Big Ten marching bands. It's something, they have tradition, they have pride, they have excellence, everything that you need in a marching band. Um, I truly respect the, the traditions and the history of Big Ten marching, and I think it's they're absolutely outstanding to watch, absolutely outstanding to listen to. So I created a tour, pretty much, of the Big Ten marching band directors. And I'm not going around the country, so I guess you can't technically call it a tour. But I have interviews set with every Big Ten marching band director out there. And the tour starts now. The first interview was done with the University of Michigan, the Michigan Marching Band director, Dr. John Paschelli. What an honor it was to interview him. He's an absolutely fantastic person, had so much energy, um, so, so easy to talk to. He had just gotten back from teaching overseas in Europe for two months and decided that he would come on the podcast. Uh, Everybody's super busy. All these marching band directors are so busy, but the fact that they can find time to do a quick podcast interview means the world to me, and hopefully it means the world to you guys. So going into this next year, it'll be my second year as a middle school band director. Um, I'm going to be working with the local high school marching band, and that's really the reason why I wanted to branch out and talk to all these people is because there's so much that you can learn just by a simple conversation with a person. And since I'm going to be working with a marching band, and this is something I haven't done yet as a music educator professionally, um, I want to make sure that I know as much as I can about these things. Yes, I marched with the Penn State Blue Band, but I think that there is so much more to learn just from talking to these people. So that's why I set up these interviews, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Dr. John Piskelly. So he graduated from undergrad Uh, from TCU and got his master's and doctorate at the University of Oklahoma. Now he is a member of the conducting faculty at the University of Michigan, and he serves as associate director of bands, director of the Michigan Marching and Athletic Bands, and he's also the Donald R. Shepard assistant professor of conducting. In this position, he directs and oversees the athletic band program, conducts the university band, Guest conducts the symf- the symphony band and uh, symphony band chamber winds and concert band. And then he also teaches classes in rehearsal pedagogy and wind literature. Prior to this appointment, Pascali served as the assistant director of bands at the University of Michigan. I'm so, so, so excited to have him on first. Michigan is a tradition unlike the rest. Very, very bold rich history the marching is spectacular the shows are spectacular and they're doing something that has never been done every single year you'll hear hear a little bit more of that in the interview so let's just go right to it here is my interview with the university of michigan marching band director 
Dr. John Pascali. So, starting off the Big Ten tour, I have the director of the Michigan Marching Band, Dr. John Pasquelli, on the podcast. Such an honor to have you on the show. Hello. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah, awesome. So, let's get into it. Tell me a little bit about your path to becoming the Michigan Marching Band director. Um, I understand you graduated from TCU for undergrad. What happened after that? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I, I had no intention of ever teaching college. All I ever wanted to do was be a middle school band director in the state of Texas. Um, I went to high school in, in Austin, and um, I went to uh, TCU for my undergraduate uh, degree, and um, I always just wanted to stay in the area. So um, when I graduated, I taught sixth through eighth grade music um, in uh, the Colony, Texas, which is a suburb of Plano, um, and I just wanted to do that forever. I, I loved it. That age level is uh, 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 my favorite, even yeah. still. I mean, I certainly love uh, teaching here um, and and college students too. But by all means, I loved that age. Um, anyway, so uh, after a couple years, I was like, you know, I should go back to graduate school and just just um, before I'm too far into my career. Um, and so I went to the University of Oklahoma um, to study with Bill Wakefield. Okay. And I was like, whoa, I love this. So I decided to stay for my doctorate and um, just kind of plowed through it um, and, and got beat up pretty good, as, as we all do. <laughs> um, after that, when I was trying to find uh, jobs on the other end, I mean, it's a, a stressful time. And yeah. by no means that could I have ever imagine that I would get hired here at, at the University of Michigan, such a, a historic program yeah. of significance and legacy. And um, I somehow um, uh, got the job. I think I snowed him a, a bit. <laughs> but um, like, what? Are you crazy? But um, so this is my, I'm, I'm beginning my 10th year here. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, the first five years I was the assistant uh, director of bands, and then when my predecessor, Scott Borma, uh, who now teaches at Western Michigan, when he um, decided to leave, I was appointed um, as the director of the Michigan Marching Band by my boss, Michael Haycock, um, and the rest is history. Wow, that's an incredible story. And well, man, who would have ever thought, I'll tell you, nobody would have ever thought. Yeah. Jeez, and you've been around some great marching bands from Oklahoma to Michigan. That's fantastic. Yep. And I taught drum corps for about 15 years, and okay. uh, and so finally just hung up the hat on that one. But it was uh, I've spent quite a bit of time in the pageantry arts for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's the summer. We're, we're recording this interview at the end of June, early July. Um, what what is the summer like for you as the director of the band of the marching band? What what kind of preparation are you doing now? Um, everything for us be uh, we we begin uh, the process of planning for the next season, um, the uh, second week of January. Wow! And so, yeah, it's it's a long process. Yeah, and so um, we uh, set up advisory committees and and do. 
analysis of data, analytics, and all, all kinds of things just to find out about um, audience reaction to our shows from the past season. Mm -hmm. We speak to our student body and, and alumni and, and donors and athletics and, and honestly, anyone who I can talk to. I'll even talk to the person at the coffee shop or at the dentist office. Yeah. <laughs> Has back it, I, I will happily listen to it. So then we we go through the end of, of the school year, and by about April, we, we have the entire season planned from the macroscopic perspective. So honestly, during the summertime, it is relatively calm um, until the end of July. But So now um, I'm just filling in the dots um, quite literally, in terms of having shows written uh, bo both musically and visually, and putting together all the ex external components of uh, of guest artists and then um, all the other stuff that that's associated with that. Sure. Um, and so, actually, things are are pretty calm around the office, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially now, we are going or we're undergoing a building a, a, a renovation, so it's a bit chaotic out okay. there. Okay. Um, but it's all good, you know, and, and, and then for us, things kind of pick up at the end of uh, July, and then August 1st, it's in eighth gear until yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So you, you were talking about a little bit um, how you gauge people's interests on the shows. I oh, yeah. was actually at the big house. I marched with the Penn State Blue Band back in oh, 2014. Good. Um, and when I was there, you guys did the Pix Mob show. I'm sure you remember it, um, where you marched completely in the dark. It was all a visual experience, and, and you're listening, you're seeing all these lights. I've been so intrigued with this show. Can you talk to me just a little bit about what that show was, how you prepared to do it? Um, that was a big one for me. Sure. It was, and to be honest with you, it was by accident. Uh, <laughs> how, how it came about. We had uh, planned a, a collaboration um, um, with Cirque du Soleil, and we actually uh, designed an entire show from scratch with Cirque du Soleil, which was, was honestly um, one of the coolest things I've ever done. It was so neat. But then be, because of some funding changes, um, we had an athletic uh, a director switch in the middle of that and some uh, uh, philosophies changed. Anyway, so we had to uh, change our show concept. Okay. And so uh, we were scrambling a bit and I, and I asked for help from the student body. And I'm like, any ideas? <laughs> A student sent me the, the, this link to a company called PixMob, and I'm like, well, this is fascinating. So I contacted them, and I'm like, hey, I'm a marching band director uh, at, at a pretty big school. I am thinking about doing a collaborative halftime show. Any interest? And they're like, who the hell are you? And what are you <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I sent them some pictures of the stadium, and and they began to get very excited, which is cool. And then we just put together this this concept, and we're like, well, we hope this works. Um, in the past, we've done two other light shows um, that 
get involved lighting on the field, and they were not as successful as we had hoped, and they were very expensive. So I had to sell some people here on being able to uh, do this a third time. Yeah. And I, I was confident by the technology that, that they had to offer, and so it was going to be great. They were extremely professional, and I'm like, well, might as well try this out. And we just, it was so cool about having to work with things I don't even know anything about, physics of light and sound, and yeah. to read infrared beams across the state. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. So, uh, designed the show with the drill writer Michael Gaines, who is probably the best uh, uh, drill writer to ever live. Okay. Uh, and so he he and I worked together forever at the Cavaliers Drum and Bugle Corps. Anyway, so uh, he did the uh, uh, drill, and we just tried to keep in mind um, what the possibilities were with all the uh, lighting combinations and how to how to get it across the field and make the pictures that we want but how to like move light in the darkness and oh it's so cool how yeah oh man that, that's awesome yeah it was neat and uh so were you rehearsing i mean were you rehearsing in the dark we did mm-hmm. we did <laughs> a little from the field level as um as y'all probably remember it's it isn't that dark on the field. Level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. that dark, but it, it actually really isn't that mm-hmm. bad. So we've actually done a couple shows like this in the dark, and, and they've all turned out pretty well. So The thing that stands out to me is that you got that idea just by asking your students, and I think that that is so cool that you're so open to, to what your students are thinking. Um, I, I try to do that with everything here because it's important. It's, it's actually their ensemble. I just happen to guide it. Yeah. Uh, for them so yeah and and they are way more creative than i will ever be (laughs) i'm I'm old and out of touch and they are current and brilliant and creative so i'm like might as well honestly so during the year when things are in full swing uh you're and you're planning for rehearsals do you have student leaders in in that preparation process with you um with how i i I plan the the curricular side of things yeah um, no, that's they uh, trust me to take care of. Uh, yeah, yeah. I set the rehearsal schedules and the pacing and and staffing assignments and all of that. Um, so, uh, however, they help uh, create it, and then it's our job as a staff to um, execute it to uh, maximize their experience. Awesome, very yeah. cool. So, um, so you you took over Michigan marching band duties in 2013. Uh, Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has been sort of the biggest struggle for you since that period? The biggest struggle. That's a great question. You know, the hardest part of the job, let me say it this way, the hardest part of the job is coming up with the show productions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the avenue with which the students communicate to the audience, and um, and they are they have very high expectations of us, which is great. We yeah. love, them. but it's incredibly stressful um, having to reach all of the the uh, demographics of mm-hmm. a state that, that holds 115,000 people. I mean, it's a pretty big place, and, and trying to uh, touch all of them in terms of of demographic as many times throughout the season as possible um, can be certainly daunting. But um, so that is the most challenging part. It hasn't been negatively challenging. It's just, it's a puzzle. And 
I love puzzles. And so it's constantly keeping us on our toes to do something bigger and better. And we we try to do things here that have never been uh, done before. And I truly believe that um, that's our job at such a major institution as as all the uh, Big Ten bands. Uh, we It's our mission to keep the strong, rich heritage and tradition, but also push the envelope as, as far as possible. So every year we, we, we try to push the envelope to something that has never been done before. And you know, thankfully, we've been successful so far um, in terms of just of, uh, just to kind of see what's what's possible. So like a couple of years ago, we did a collaboration with the with the brass section of the uh, New York Phil Harmonic, which was an excellent experience. That was really, that was really damn cool. To oh be my honest. gosh, that was so cool. That's amazing. And Pix Mob Show, and we've done collaborations with the Department of a musical theater here mm-hmm. just unparalleled and we have some exciting things coming up for the fall which everyone's just going to have to tune in to see yeah so you're not going to break any of those out on the podcast just got to wait no, and see we okay. will however play the victors i guarantee <laughs> okay all right we'll, we'll mark that down um, but speaking of one of the traditions that you have the the drum major with the back bend mm-hmm. where so it's hard to describe, but I mean they're standing up and their back actually touches the field while they're while they're still standing. It's where did the, that tradition their come head from? Touches, yeah, yeah. Where 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 did that come from? You know that's an excellent question um, because how it started, and you know honestly I don't even know how the um, how it began because ultimately at the beginning they would they would bend over backwards. Um, with their hat on and the plume on. So the top of the plume would touch the ground. Yeah. But as we were trying to push the envelope back in the 90s, the uh, first uh, drum major to do that, to my knowledge, was Matt Pickus is his name. And he took the hat off and, and, and he touched his head to the ground. <laughs> and the place went crazy, <gasps> as one would probably imagine. And yeah. ever since then, it has uh, taken a life of its own, and um, it's it's an expectation now. Even though, as as a part of the audition process, we don't tell the students that they have to, right. um, but it's more of a of a tacit expectation. And so, um, yeah, it's having to train your body to do that. I can't even imagine. I wouldn't ever walk again. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's just remarkable. No, me either. That's amazing that they can do that every year. That's Incredible. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so here's our here's our final question, and I ask this to every person that comes on the show. If you could go back in time when you were fresh out of undergrad and you could give yourself one piece of advice throughout your whole career, if you could tell yourself one thing, one piece of advice, what would you say? It's just banned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people definitely tend to overthink things. It's just Band. Now, we we obviously take it seriously. Our careers are dedicated to it, and it should be stunning in every regard. Our student experience should be at the forefront of everything, and all of those things are are awesome. But you have to keep in mind, we are not curing cancer. We're not putting things on Mars. We are just uh, uh, trying to give students the best possible experience, and it's just banned. Yeah. That's 
those, I mean, that's true for everything from the Marine Band down to beginning band in some small town in Montana, which has great band programs there. It's just, I mean, it's, it's just band. So enjoy it and enjoy the students and interact well and create artistic moments and try to love what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, you're teaching kids to play music. What a beautiful thing that is. Yeah. I wish I had someone scream that to me when I first started. <laughs> okay. That's an excellent answer. I love hearing all the different answers to that question. So we're going to finish the interview up now with a, a new segment called Double Time. We just call oh. it Rapid Fire to the old, to all my listeners, but now we're going to call it Double Time for this Big Ten uh, tour thing we've got going on here. So I just want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you these questions um, are you ready? Go. Let's do it. What's your favorite stand tune? The Victors. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite arrangement you've done with the marching band? El Toro Caliente, Scott Borma. Okay. Favorite quote? Go Blue. Go Blue. Awesome. Okay. Um, all right. So in 2015... I'm not sure if you know this, who this guy is. His name's Jim Rome. He's from ESPN. Oh, Jim Rome, sure. And he tweeted out, is there anyone not in a marching band who thinks those dorks running around on, with the instruments are cool? Um, if you could reply to him in 140 characters or less, what would you say? I wouldn't even send it. I don't give a damn what he thinks. Yeah. Does it matter? Does it really <laughs> matter no. what one person said? You know... When I saw that, I just shook my head and go, that's really un unfortunate. But as much as he doesn't care about what our students do is as much as I don't care what he thinks about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you 100% on that one. So uh, there's, this, there's this rivalry between Michigan and Ohio State. Um, does it transfer to the marching band side of things? No, I mean, not really. And to be honest with you, what I really like about the Big Ten conferences is how all the uh, how all the band programs are so well connected and and respectful of each other and in awe of each other and support yeah. each other. That is really cool. So, I mean, yes, there is some some rivalry things going on, but I mean, not really in the band world. I mean, we just go out and. Yeah. and the team and you know the and this could make some people angry but i'm pretty confident that the big 10 has one of the strongest if not the strongest uh, a band tradition in the country yeah. and and i am proud of the schools that have helped to build that tradition which michigan is certainly one but so is michigan state penn state ohio state all the other schools that are that are in the conference that are phenomenal yeah. you know and so i think part of that is from a, a collaborative spirit and mutual uh, respect and that's awesome yeah no, i totally agree all right yeah. final question um I'm sure you know who Jim Harbaugh is. He does a lot of recruiting. So let's say um, I'm the top marching band recruit in the country. Give me your pitch on why I should be in the Michigan marching band over any other band in the country. Comparative to the whole country? The whole country. There's no place better. Period. Go blue. 
All right, and that interview was brought to you by 4th Street Records out of Champaign, Illinois. Um, that's Bryce out there. He's, he does a lot for the sound on this podcast, so I want to just give him a quick shout-out. And that is our show. So that is the first Big Ten tour. We've got a lot more coming up. If you want to see who's up next week, please go to the Facebook page. I'll be posting there quite consistently, or you can definitely check out the website as well, tenutopodcast.com. Very thrilled about the direction of this podcast and very, very thrilled about this Big Ten tour. I hope everybody out there has a great Tuesday, and we'll see who's up next week. 